Wow, it was amazing watching that video and just seeing five lives publicly declare that they're all in for Jesus. Again, there's nothing special about that event other than that they're publicly declaring that they're all in for Jesus and how amazing and what a celebration of that. And we can't wait to see what God is gonna do in their lives. Well, one of the things that Heather and I love to do is to travel. You like to travel? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So I think at this point, we've been to like nine or so countries, but one of our favorites was Ireland. And in doing research for Ireland, one of the things that came up was in Ireland, you drive on the wrong, I mean, left side of the road. So in kind of doing research, I, I was kind of studying and seeing tricks of how to drive on the left, but, but this is what I had in mind when traveling to Ireland. It was the picture, right? Just kind of, no one lives in Ireland, just like rolling fields, green, small roads, no one there, right? So I envisioned that, that going to Ireland, I was gonna be able to ease into this new way of driving, right? I wasn't gonna have to deal with the chaos. It's just gonna be nice and easy. And, but here's what happened. Heather and I flew into Dublin airport and the car rental place was kind of connected to Dublin. And so we get to the counter and we're talking with the guy and um, he looks at our paperwork and says, hey, have you ever been to Ireland before? And I said, no, first time, first time, good catch. And he said, oh, okay, um, have you ever driven on the left side of the road before? No, first time, first time for this. And immediately he started going into like insurance policies, which I found offensive. But anyway, we, we, we kind of got our paperwork together. We got in the car. And again, this is, why I did, this is what I envisioned. So, so we get out, we're, we're pulling out of the parking garage. And immediately, immediately, Heather and I were dumped onto what felt like a 17 lane highway, high speed traffic, dodging and weaving and merging. And Heather and I were thrusted into something new. One could say maybe even a new normal. Now, but we had a choice in this moment. I mean, I had a choice in this moment. What I could have said was, well, I'm from the USA, right? We drive on the right side of the road. This is how I'm comfortable. This is what feels right to me. You know, this is the way I was brought up. You know, I don't wanna experiencing anything new. So when I go to Ireland, I'm going to drive on the right side of the road. Now this choice would have landed me in two very particular places. Either one would have been jail or two would have been a hospital. So Heather and I were thrusted into a new place with new values. And if we were going to succeed in this new normal, we were going to have to align ourselves with a new set of values. When I got thinking about this, we really all have experienced a new normal. Eight weeks ago, we knew how to teach our kids. We knew how to shop. We knew how to go out to eat. We knew how to buy things. We knew how to make money. We knew how we had habits and routines. And in a matter of hours, everything changed, everything. Now, for some of us, we've adapted. For some of us, we've been flexible. For some of us, we sat down and say, okay, I, don't, I, wanna, I wanna succeed right now. I wanna value my children. I wanna teach my children. I wanna know how to, how to go to work and how to make money. I wanna know how to do these things. And, and we've adapted and we've been flexible. And for some of us, we're thriving in this scenario right now. We're saying, I'm spending more time with family. I'm doing the things that I've always wanted to do. But for some of us right now, 
if we're honest, in our pride, we said, I don't want to change. We've said, you know, I, I like the good old days. I like the way things were. I refuse to change. I'm just going to keep doing the things that I've always done. And for th- some of us, we're really struggling right now. For some of us, we've hurt our families. For some of us, we've hurt our kids, we've hurt our job situation, and for some of us, we've even hurt our faith. And if we're honest with ourselves today, some of you watching right now might be even on the brink of losing your faith. If we wanna try and live in this new normal, we're gonna have to let go of the old ways. We're gonna have to let go of the old values because those things, if we're left in that place, we are going to limit our potential. We're going to limit what God wants to do in and through us. So if we wanna thrive in a new normal instead of just survive, we're gonna need to discover, we're gonna need to dive deeper into the ways of Jesus. Well, in the passage we're going to be looking at today, the disciples were struggling with the exact same thing. They were trying to live with an old set of values, an old set of habits, while Jesus was just trying to establish a new normal. And that new normal was the kingdom of God. In order for the disciples to continue the mission of the church, in order for the disciples to thrive and to become true followers of Jesus, Christ, they were going to need to answer a very critical question, an important question, a question that you and I behind the scenes probably wrestle with more than you can think. And that question is this, in the kingdom of God, how is greatness determined? You see, we have two kingdoms in our paradigm, right? We have the kingdom of this world and we have the kingdom of God. And both kingdoms answer this question very, very differently. And if you try and take one set of values to the other kingdom, you are going to experience tension. And that's what the disciples were experiencing in this passage. Now, listen, we know how the world determines greatness. We know how the world answers this question. Because from a very early age, we are taught that if you're the richest, if you're the smartest, if you have the most power, if you're the prettiest, if you have the most economic background, if you have the right skin color, then you're going to receive power, authority, and privilege. And for a lot of us, if we're honest with ourselves today, our soul craves these things. Because deep down, we all have this thing. We all have this thing called pride. And this thing called pride whispers in our ears something that says, um, if you're not seen, then you must not be valued. And if you're not known, then you can't possibly be loved. So with those thoughts in our mind, we allow pride in our heart and we allow in our mind to develop this me first value. We have this me first idea. I got to take care of me. It's my priorities, my needs, my desires. And if I see someone, if I see something someone else has that I don't have, I'll do whatever it takes to run over them to get it because my pride protects me. I need it. 
If we allow pride to to make this me first mentality, it's going to break us. It's going to bring destruction. So do these old set of values, do these worldly values work in the kingdom of God? Well, in Luke chapter nine, starting in verse 46, Jesus is going to teach the disciples a critical lesson on how to answer that question. So let's jump in together to see how Jesus says how greatness is determined. It says this, an argument arose among them to which of them was the greatest. But Jesus, knowing the reasoning in their hearts, took a child and put him by his side and said to them, whoever receives this child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives the him who sent me for he who is least among you all is the one who is great. Okay, number one, what the heck were they arguing about? Right, you read this and you're just kind of plopped into a scene that's an argument broke out. Well, what were they arguing about? Well, you see the verses right before this, Jesus went on a declaration to the disciples where he was sharing the mission with them. That he, he, he was saying that I was on a, he was on a laser trajectory course to the cross. And that in that he was gonna experience suffering and death and a resurrection. But Jesus hid these truths to them. So the disciples were left trying to decipher, trying to discover this truth, what was already in their hearts. You see, the disciples were still had this mind, still this idea that Jesus was a political leader and not their savior. That when Jesus talked about a kingdom, that he was talking about an earthly kingdom, that, that Jesus was gonna rescue uh, the, the Jews from the Roman empire and he was gonna free and build an earthly kingdom. And in an earthly kingdom, there's hierarchy. So what the disciples are arguing about here is who was the greatest? Who was gonna be the next in the command? Who's gonna be the vice president? Who's gonna be the, v, you know, the VP and the secretary of state and the defense and Bartholomew, you can be the janitor, right? They were arguing about who was worth more, what their position was and where they fit in. Now, before we get like too judgy about the disciples, before we get too judgy about the disciples arguing over their position, don't we do this all of the time? Don't we do this all of that time, whether that be in our relationships, in our jobs, or even in our ministry, that we're thinking in our prideful hearts, where is my place? Where, where do I fit in? Because, you know, my position matters. You know, I've worked hard. You know, I've done the things. I've checked the boxes. My position matters. You see, the disciples were so focused on their position that they lost sight of the mission. The disciples were so focused on, the, on their place, so, so focused on their position that they lost sight of what God had called them to. We do this all of the time. We do this all of the time. We will destroy our marriages because of our expectations. We will destroy our jobs because of what we think we're entitled to. We'll even destroy our ministries and our churches because what we think we deserve. In our pride, we value our position more, more than ever, the mission. We allow pride to come into our hearts and and rob us of joy the joy that only Jesus can bring. And that pride will always, always lead to division 
and destruction. It's doing it in this verse. So how does Jesus respond? Right? How does Jesus respond in this verse? Jesus is responding by saying, you are determined great by helping the helpless. You are determined great by serving those who can't serve themselves. You see, in, in, when this was written, children literally had no worth. It was legally allowed for you to take your child, if you didn't want them, to leave them outside in the elements and let them die because they didn't fit your plans, because they didn't fit your expectations, they didn't fit your wants, your needs. They just kind of didn't fit into the plan because they had no values because they, they weren't gonna bring a paycheck into the house. So I can just let them die. Society deemed these children of no worth. But that was the world's kingdom. You see, in Jesus' kingdom, these children had worth. What Jesus is saying here, in my kingdom, if you wanna be termed great, in my kingdom, if you wanna be on mission with me, humbly serve those who need it most. That's how greatness is determined in my kingdom. Church, what a lesson right now. I mean, look at our society. You've watched the news. It's, it's nuts out there. What Jesus is saying here is, you know, those people in society that would be deemed less than. We have a culture right now that's crying out saying, I feel helpless. I feel marginalized. But in turn, we just try and downplay the needs. You know, maybe if you just worked harder, maybe if you were just born in a different certain, you know, your problems are really inconveniencing me. I, I know you have issues, but they're really kind of bothering me. They're kind of making me feel uncomfortable. I don't know what to do with them. So, so I'm just going to downplay your needs. Church, those aren't emotions. Those aren't values birthed out of the Holy Spirit. Those aren't values birthed out of the kingdom of God. Those are birthed out of your sin and my sin. Now, the interesting thing about these verses is this word receives, receiving. In, in, in the translation here, what this word literally means is like family, hospitality. So when you receive someone, that means you're bearing their burdens with them. That means you're saying, when I receive you, your struggles become my struggles. We're in this together. Now, this is the, the heart of our value at church of an, uh, uncommon relationships. Out of the building, out of the box, we will build uncommon relationships to reach people no one else is reaching. That we would be so inclined as a church, that we would be so inclined as followers of Jesus, that we're going to go help people who might not say thank you. That we might help people who, who society would deem, you know what, just leave them alone. They're not worth our time. They may not be in the same economic class in us. They might, they might not be in our, in our inner circle. They might not be in the same church as us. They might not even have the same skin color as us. What Jesus is saying here is that if you want to experience greatness, serve those people in humility. That is what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. That is what it means to be a kingdom liver, a kingdom builder. What a lesson for us to learn right now. Church, what would happen in our marriages? What would happen in our family? 
what would happen in our classrooms, what would happen in our communities, what would happen in our workplaces, if we were so committed to the mission of Jesus that we never even let our position ever come across our minds, that instead of letting our pride have the driver's seats of our lives, that humility, that service always came first. That is what Jesus is teaching in these verses. Well, let's continue. Let's see how the disciples decided to respond. It says, John answered. This was the reply. John answered, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we tried to stop him because he does not follow us. But Jesus said to him, do not stop him for the one who's not against you is for you. Now, this is a little confusing too because this is John. John's normally the smart guy, right? It's normally Peter saying the dumb things, but this time John responds with such a a weird reply. Where does it come from? Well, again, Jason talked about this last week. Jesus, uh, or the disciples were trying to heal a demon possessed boy, but they couldn't do it because they were trying to live out their mission. They were trying to live out their purpose in their own name. They were trying to do their, their, their mission in their own name instead of the name of Jesus. And then when they saw someone doing something that they couldn't, they experienced jealousy. Hey, 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 I can't do that. So, so you can't do that either because you're not in my inner circle. You're not in the clique that I'm in. You're not in the position I'm in. So, so you don't deserve to do that. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna call that person out and I'm going to inhibit the gifting that God has given them. In these verses, Jesus is revealing the next step of pride and that's jealousy. And we all struggle with this, right? I know I do. I'm scrolling Instagram right? And I see that person. Oh man, look what they just got. Man, I, I work, I work hard. Like why can't, why can't I do that? You know, I see that marriage over there, you know, they still have such a healthy marriage. I wish I had a healthy marriage. So instead of celebrating them, I'm just going to criticize them because I got to bring them down to my, to my level. We do this. We do this all the time. What Jesus is teaching here is that the mission is too large. That if we have this inclusive, uh, exclusive mentality, we're never going to accomplish the things that God wants to accomplish in us and through us. Instead of allowing our our pride to turn to, to jealousy, we should allow our humility to turn to celebrating. Hey, you got that marriage, man. I just want to celebrate you. I just want, I want to brag on you. Hey, when I see, you know what? I wish I had a marriage like you. Can you give me some help? Or man, you work so hard. You've accomplished so much. Instead of criticizing the blessing that you have in your life, man, I just want to celebrate you. Good for you. What would happen if that was our demeanor? As a follower of Jesus, we live by a new set of values. In fact, we're called to live by a new set of values. And those values are led by humility. That instead of, that instead of saying other, you know, me first, I'm gonna say others first. That my greatness isn't determined by the world's standards. That my greatness is determined by God's values that out of gratitude for the gospel, out of gratitude for what Jesus has done for me, I'm going to allow that to fuel my humble service. 
Which leads us to, to our big thought for today is that kingdom greatness is experienced through kingdom service. Kingdom greatness is experienced through kingdom service. That we have been so radically transformed by the gospel that we would change our perspective on what greatness really means. That before Jesus, we didn't have anything. That even in our best, even on our best day before Jesus, we could stand before him and never even come close to measuring up. But even in our lack, even in our nothingness, Jesus looked at us and said, you have value. That I love you. That you've been searching all this time to be known. That you've been searching all this time to feel value. And in me, you are known. In me, you do have love. And in me, you do have value. And in those truths, I deem you great. And out of gratitude for what we've experienced in the gospel, we have nothing to boast in. We have nothing to be prideful in. We have nothing to be jealous of because we have everything. And out of that gratitude, that we would motivate us to serve those who Jesus calls us to serve. That the ones at the, on the margins that, 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 that no one else, that people ignore, that people overlook, that people judge. That is where Christians are called. That is where Christ's followers are called. What would happen if we allow the gospel to fuel our service to others? What would happen in our marriages if we allow the gospel to serve our spouse? What would happen with our kids? What would happen in our workplaces? What would happen in every aspect of our lives if we allowed the gospel to fuel us? That we would determine our greatness by what God says and that we would experience that greatness through humbly serving others, kingdom service. Jesus knew that the disciples needed to learn this, mess, the, the, this lesson because the mission was too big and too important. If the disciples didn't learn this lesson, they would have never accomplished what God wanted to accomplish them because their pride would have stopped them. And church, the same lesson is for you and I. That if we don't allow the gospel to kill the pride in our hearts, that we're never going to accomplish what God wants to accomplish. So here's the challenge. This week, to get back on mission. I don't know about you, I raise my hand in this, but this season of pandemic has made me a little selfish. This whole last eight weeks has made me focus on me. My, what, what do I need to protect me? What do I need to protect my, my little circle in life, my family? What do I need for me? I gotta protect me. And I've gotten off mission. We've been so focused on our needs and our desires that we've pushed a pause button on what it means to ignite a craving for Jesus. So here's the challenge, get back on mission. This week, uh, for those of you that might be new, we have these God loves you and so do we cards. If you don't have one, you can stop by the well this week, pick one up. And here's what I want you to do, something. Find someone in your life that's not in your inner circle. Maybe you're gonna go visit that neighbor down the street that's always been a little weird. 
Maybe you're gonna make them a plate of cookies and say, listen, God loves you and so do we. Maybe you're gonna buy some hand sanitizer and go reach someone, but get back on mission this week. And don't just serve the people that you know, serve the people that need it. There's a single mom out there who is at her last brink that wants to experience the hope of Jesus and who's gonna tell her? Is it gonna be you? There are people, there are men out there literally sliding back into their addictions right as we're watching as we're recording this video. Church, it's time to get back on mission. In Jesus' name, we have to do this together. The mission is too important. The mission is too big. So this week, having been so radically transformed by the gospel. And if you've never experienced the gospel, write it in the comment section right now. One of our team members wants to reach out to you. Just say, I wanna say yes to Jesus today. And I promise you, you'll have 70 people loving on you. But if you've experienced the gospel, it is time to get back on mission. Are you bold enough this week to say, I'm willing to let the gospel kill my pride? I'm willing to be humbly, humble and serve again. I'm willing to be humble and get back on mission again. Kingdom greatness is experienced through kingdom service. So are you ready to experience that greatness? Not in the world standards. Those values are gone. Those values are dead. But this week, are you ready to experience greatness in Jesus' name? church, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you. God, I stand before everyone watching this video right now and say, I'm sorry for my pride. I'm sorry for the areas of my heart that are so focused on me that I've gotten off mission. So God, I pray this week that others will pray that same prayer that they will be bold enough to say, it's not about me anymore. It's not about my position anymore. I'm ready to get back on mission. Jesus, I know I've already been determined great in your name. I don't need to chase that anymore. I'm ready to experience greatness in serving others. God, give us opportunities to serve. Put people in our past that we normally would have just walked by, but, but God, give us boldness in our faith. Give us boldness, give us courage this week to say it stops and I'm gonna love. I don't even know what love looks like, but I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna be obeying you. I'm gonna be stepping out into obedience and loving others this week. God, do that for us. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your new normal. In your name, amen. Thank you for checking out a sermon recorded right here at Wellspring Church in Tom's River. If it's your first time connecting with us, we'd love to stay connected with you. So don't forget to like and subscribe to this video. And then down in the description box below, there's ways to give online. There's our social media accounts. We'd love to stay connected with you throughout the week. We love and appreciate you, and we hope you have a fantastic week.